I'm telling you, the first who is the beginning of Tighten Up by Archie Bell and the Drills. I always think you're playing Archie Bell and the Drills. Do to tighten up. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah. Remember that song? Oh, I remember exactly listening to it like, on KUXL. Absolutely. What was it, 1570 KUXL? Yeah, yep. And, uh, boy, I love those those uh, those ads like, you know, don't be a stiff, go to Cliffs. Go to Cliffs, don't be a stiff, go to Cliffs. That was always my favorite commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Love Pharaoh Black. Pharaoh Black, uh, the, the announcer. Pharaoh Black. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it wasn't Pharaoh either. It was Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, uh, Dan Poche was on there. Remember him? Dan Poche. Oh, Dan Poche was on there, and he was also the uh, the uh, oh, what they used to call that when the TV announcers, but like a booth announcer booth? for yeah. Channel Eleven. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And he actually, and I can't remember who who taunted him into doing it. And I never heard it, but I heard it did happen. I don't I don't remember who did it or whatever. But a friend of his talked him into saying, "WTCN, this am a Chris Craft station," <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny. I never heard it, but if he did it, I, I'm I'm proud to say that he did it because I think that is hilarious. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. Well, you know, people so, could sort of uh, be extemporaneous occasionally in those days. Yeah, in those days they could. You're absolutely right. Everything's about that. corporate now. Uh, yes, it is. Yes. I would say so. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Uh, Mike, I don't think I brought this up. Maybe I did while you were in on the last hour there. I don't think I did, though. I sat down at my uh, desk this morning before the show, and I brought up the national news on several levels, several different websites. And I counted out of the first 14 uh, stories that are posted on, on pretty much all the websites, the first 14 stories, two were murders and the other 12 were politics. Mm-hmm. What, what about tornadoes? <laughs> yeah, the tornadoes didn't even make the top 15. Because, you know, I was watching the nightly news <laughs> last night, and a lot of them, with all that's going on politically, still a lot of them led with tornadoes. Because well, it's great visuals, you know. That yeah, that's well, exciting. That, but that might be the difference because they are visuals. They wouldn't do it on a unposted uh, news stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. It's yeah. Okay, I'm looking the top four. It is not in there. Top eight. It's not in there. The top twelve. It's not in there. I literally. Okay, so we got sixteen now. 
this is a national news. It's called Newser National News Service. Mm. Uh, of the, the the of the twenty four stories on their first page, there's not one mention of uh, the tornadoes. Not wow. not one mention. Well, of course, that's yeah. It's not visual, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's not visual. That's the big big difference there. No question about that. W- one thing I just did just notice though, because I hadn't looked at this much. Um. You know, obviously, a number of the stories are about about uh, Donald Trump because of the you know the the case that's going on and the mm-hmm. indictment and the, the rest of the stuff. I hadn't seen this yet, but there's a, a story: judge warned Trump on threats. Now, judge is getting dozens. It, it just that's what it says. Getting that's the dozens. whole headline. It says judge warned Trump on threats. Now, judge is getting dozens. He's getting dozens. I guess they you ran mean, out of room. Uh, huh? Cookies, maybe. Muffins? Well, maybe they're playing the dozens. You think it's not the dozens though; it's just dozens. No, I think they're they mean dozens of like threats. you know, yeah, threats or something like that, tweets, whatever. <clears throat> they just you know, it's all. Well, half of it's probably written by bots anyway, so they don't you know. <laughs> yeah, probably. Those headlines, I, I guarantee, they're auto-generated. Oh, no, I, no question. I just realized why it was written like that. Because the original story went, I went back uh, a bit, and the original story said, "Judge warned Trump on threats. Now judge is getting dozens." Yeah, that makes sense. Dozens of threats, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what oh, somebody did was, yeah, okay, that does make sense. They cut off the first line and just put a new line on, not realizing mm-hmm. getting dozens makes no sense in that for their headline. This one makes sense, but that one does not. But, uh, yeah, so there's a picture of Donald Trump kind of looking over his right shoulder at the camera. Mm-hmm. And, again, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't give a rat's ass what happens with any of these people. I am so disgusted with our politics in America right now. And I'm talking all sides, not just both sides, mm-hmm. all sides. It's disgusting. Uh, there's that picture. And then, uh, of course, New York cover on Trump is f- uh, first because it's uh, it's a drawing of him. It's one of the few times you couldn't take a uh, a camera into the courtroom, correct? Well, it, it varies, but yeah, it yeah. depends on if the judge says so or not. It's up to it's judge's discretion yeah. whether I, or not the press is allowed in. Oh, this makes sense. Uh, New Yorker cover on Trump is the first magazine has never used courtroom sketch for cover before, so that's why that was news because they've never done that before. But it's a drawing of that picture I was just telling you about where he's looking over his right shoulder. Mm-hmm. In the original picture, he's just kind of got kind of. He looks tired. Yeah. On the drawing of it on the front of the New Yorker, he looks like a psychopath. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when they do that. He looks very angry. He looks like a nut job, and it's just a, it's it's a copy of the pic. It's not the picture. I, 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 well, you know they do that to all of a sudden. They do that to Biden too. Whenever the other side shows his picture, yeah, they always pick the pick the worst possible angle of his face they can get and he looks like he's exhausted he looks like he's about a hundred oh yeah that kind of doddering but you know the thing yeah, about trump yeah. is he he obviously was angry and unhappy so i guess it's fairly accurate probably no he th- i'm looking at the picture he looks tired in the picture yeah. and then they're drawing the picture he looks like he's a crazy man i don't think i've seen a picture of a politician in my life that isn't uh carefully timed to make them look insane yeah, well, they're, <laughs> that's probably true. It's always like the equivalent of a cartoon tween frame. They always have this bizarre look on their face, like, oh, no, they're going to come get you. I don't know. Matt Gates always looks happy. 
Hmm. Yeah, and he is a psychopath. Yeah, and he is, is right. So it's probably that's the thing. It's just the opposite of what reality is. Well, technically speaking, psychopaths are the best at appearing happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Superficial charm. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Andy, uh, would you do me a favor? No. Oh, you won't? Damn it, I thought you would. Um, I got to be honest, and I'm not trying to be a smart ass here. Uh, this... This pisses me off to no end, I'm here to tell you, because I used to own a bottle of this wine I'm about to talk about. Andy, you don't remember Latash Romanicanti, do you? No. How the <laughs> hell do you spell that? It's Domaine de la Romanicanti Latash. And the reason that, 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 that name is... Remember, you remember Nick Cook, right? I do. Oh, yeah, there he called me. I found it. He calls me one time and he goes, I can't find that wine you served the other night. I wanted to buy a bottle of it. And I said, which wine? He goes, the Lataz. Lataz. It's going to be tough to find Lataz because there's no such wine. So Latash is, but not Lataz. Well, Lataz Lataz is a bit pricey. Uh, Yeah, I uh, remember when I had a case of that, Andy. Mm Mm-hmm. It's now worth um, $80,000 a bottle. Hmm. I don't have any left, unfortunately, but uh, did I really miss out on a million dollars worth what of year? wine? 1971. Oh, 70. You had a 71? Well. Oh, yeah. I started buying wine back in the 70s, as a matter of fact. But, um, uh, yeah. I, I, you can get a bottle in 1971 uh, for $14,000. Oh, it's only 14000 Only 14 grand. That's no, nothing, no, no problem at all, really. These days, this week especially, mostly, I'm just drinking Manischewitz. Oh, yeah, good move. That's a good plan. Mm, Shevitz is good stuff. You know, the Passover Seder and all that. Yeah, of course. Not that all I really take part in any of those because no one invites me because they know I'll just make jokes. Oh, by the way, Andy, you were right. This is a Jeroboam of Pinot Noir. This uh, is not the, not the normal uh, just 20, right. whatever the hell is it, 28 ounces or 30 ounces or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, it's the, is that a double magnum? I think is that's that a, a double magnum, is? yeah. Yeah, so that that's the one that's eighty thousand bucks. Well, who the hell needs a double magnum of anything? Well, well a lot of people actually. Well, if we're talking about condoms. <laughs> oh, here no, we isn't, go. Isn't that isn't that the jumbo size condoms made? Magnum, by, yep. Yeah, magnum, yeah. yeah it's a magnum, yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And no question about that, ladies and gentlemen. But it's yeah, the, so um, famous. I think it's always sunny quote. I dropped my monster condom for my magnum dong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great and of course, line. it was uh, Danny DeVito saying it. <laughs> no, of course it was. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's such a giant of a man, I'm yeah, sure he has a very, very large wiener. No question well, that's, about that. Of course, that's the beauty of being short. Yeah, because you know, in scale. Yeah, that's exactly. True. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, it's like how taller people are actually technically weaker in terms of total mass. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, it's it doesn't scale up. Properly, all all about scale. That's mm-hmm. why. That's why you know. That's why Trump says he's like six foot five, because if he's six foot five, his body mass would be in the normal range, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I got to be honest with you. If he's six six foot five, then I'm six foot five because I have a picture standing next to him with the exact same height. And and of course, what I do, I say that I'm five feet tall, because I'm a perfectly that way my body weight. mass looks perfect. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Instead of me looking emaciated and desiccated. <laughs> Real nice. Yeah, well, you know, got to face reality. No, I understand exactly what you're saying. I'm, uh, I'm basically kind of screen, uh, kind of 
screaming through the news, I guess is the best way to put it, because I'm going as fast as I possibly can. I literally cannot find a story to talk about because it's all about politics and dead people. Mm. That's all that's on the front page today. Well, there are a lot of dead people. Yeah, and there are a lot of politics right now. And, of course, you know, the Wisconsin election was a big deal. And obviously, you know, when a... When a former president is indicted, that's a big deal. Yeah, and yeah. and you know you watch the evening news; they only have like what twelve minutes of news. So it's all commercials now. You're probably going to get that. Well, and then you know you get the happy news at the end. Well, I suppose yeah, America's strong. You know, you get that stuff, which I kind of like most of the time. Jimmy says he is about twelve minutes away. He was tied up in a meeting. No, I understand. He's the mayor. He has to do what he has to do. So he'll be in by 1130. We can do a whole hour with Jimmy. That'd be good. No problem at all. I don't have any problem with that at all. You're absolutely right. Oh, yeah, you're talking about, you know, I didn't even kind of, I did look at this this morning, but I didn't spend any time thinking about it. Uh, The big deal now is they're starting to expel people for their behavior, apparently in Tennessee. The Tennessee three are expelled on Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's that's modern politics. Yeah, They they don't like you, so they just kick you out. So they just kick you out. Yeah. Or they bring charges against you. That's the, the, those one of the two things. There's going to be, Mike, do you think there's going to be person after person after person now that's going to be indicted? Uh, you, know, I, you know, I really don't. It's a, it's a, I mean, we may see a little more of it, but it's a pretty lengthy and arduous process. So, it is. But, 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 when, but there is talk, for example, there is talk that the Wisconsin legislature might um, might impeach the the woman who was just elected to the Supreme that's what, Court. That's exactly what I'm talking so about, So that Mike. could happen, yeah. I mean, that, could, that definitely you. could happen. I wouldn't want to be a Biden or a Clinton right now if they go forward. No. They'll be going after them, too, I guarantee. It, this is going to get hideous, man. Yeah, I mean, and they're not no, going to indict. Uh, nobody's going to indict uh, Jill, but, you know, they're still no. going after Hunter. Well, Hunter, a lot of misbehavior from what I understand. Look, I don't even know anything about that stuff. I understand. All I know is from people that know people and, you know, not not a fan favorite. I, let me put it that way. Mm. I guess he's not a very pleasant person. He's a very cocky son of a bitch, apparently. But so is Donald Trump, so get used to it. How many children of very powerful people turn out well? Well, that's true. Yeah. Not a ton of them. And now you've got, uh, is it Robert Kennedy Jr.? Yeah. yeah? Yeah, he says he wants to run against Joe. Yeah, and he's the guy who says that millions of people were killed by the uh, COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think were that'd they? Be, that'd be a, kind of a hard one to prove. Because well, it were obviously they? never happened. <laughs> so he's going to run as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. And how old is he? A billion? No, well, he's 69, dudes, so yeah. I don't know. He's, he's going to be another president in his 70s but if he gets he's elected. he's a very old 69. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Doesn't he have, he has a speech impediment, yeah. doesn't he? Well, he, he, I don't know what happened to his voice. Yeah, I don't either. It sounds like it, and it kind of sounds like somebody slashed his vocal cords. Yep, it uh, does. But I don't know. I wonder I, if it I was think, a smoking or. I think it was some illness that did it. I Let's think you're see right. see here. He has spasmodic dysphonia. Well, that explains it. Of course. So that just means his voice is... It uh, basically just means his voice box is messed up and they don't really know it's why. It's messed up. Right. Yeah. Right. That's too bad. Yeah, I don't know anything about, uh, about Robert... Ken- it's Robert Kennedy Jr., right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's what I thought it was. Yeah, I, he's, uh, he's a nut job. Is he really? Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, anybody I can't who says that millions of people died from the COVID vaccine. 
that's that's a nut job. That's almost like saying that millions of people should wear a mask for no reason. Well, ah! I don't know. I I've I've worn masks throughout this in, uh, throughout this uh, this uh, pandemic and yeah, but you're a bank robber. Seems that's to totally have worked different. out for me. I don't know. You just don't want people looking at your face, though. Well, I, I yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> it's different. It is different. I understand the uh, you know I empathize. Yeah, right. So yes, uh. he's anti-vax, but he's also a Democrat, which is interesting because he's he's an environmental lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? he's, he's kind of all over the place, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Well, he used to be a very a very fiery you know uh, radical leftist. Yes, but he I was. don't think he is anymore. But he might be. He might still be. I don't know. I wonder what changed that. Sounds like he just kind of uh, unhinged in general. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. More I, don't, I don't think he'll be a threat to anyone. I doubt it. I mean, the Kennedy lineage is like the, that dynasty's over. Yeah, that's safe it. To is say. Yeah. yeah. It is over. Do you think there there ever will be a, another one of those families like the Kennedys where they all just became superstars because of JFK? Mm, probably. It's possible. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think you know Americans do tend to kind of like monarchies. Yes. Well, I mean, we had the Bushes, yeah. two of them. We yeah, almost. That's true. Well, I don't know about almost, but we could have had Jeb. That would have been yeah. a third. Yeah, and we could have had Hillary. Yep. Yeah, Hillary would have been the second Clinton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've come very so, close yeah. to a dynasty several times in just the past couple decades. So, hey. It would indicate that we like that kind of thing, right? I think everyone likes that kind of thing. I yeah, mean, there's probably. a reason uh, succession was the number one way to become a ruler for many tens of thousands of years. Sure. Yeah. It is true. Born to oh. the manor. By the way, I should uh, mention to both of you, because I know you're both real big booze hounds, that studies touting alcohol is good for health were flawed. It's not true in the least. So you better be careful. All that wine I didn't drink now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now suddenly it turns out I made the right choice. I remember when, you know, when people were saying, well, you know, you should have a a glass of red wine every night for your heart. Yes. And, yep. uh, of course, my dad, I remember he started drinking a glass of wine a night. And I think he made it to the sixth night. And that was it. He said, no more wine for me. So what was it doing to him he didn't like? He just didn't like it. Or he just didn't like the flavor of no, it all? No, he didn't like it. Yeah, I'm not That'll really a wine happen. guy myself. I don't know. I've just never really been a huge fan. I think after I got about my 14th migraine from drinking red wine. Red wine is oh. a very common migraine yeah, trigger. Yeah, I, I think I, I said, no, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. I just, I always loved wine, but then I loved my wife more, so that mm. there's your answer. <laughs> and then your wife would whine if you didn't. Well, there you go. It's all full circle. <laughs> it's a different kind of wine. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> No question about it. I have a question for, for both of you because you're both very wise on these uh, issues. Um, why do they keep talking about the fact that our that our economy is weakening? And then every time I look at the uh, Dow Jones, it's either down just a tick or it's up. So what's really going on? Is this going to be another one of those October surprises? Probably. I mean, the Dow being up doesn't really help 80% of the uh, population right. of the country. Well, that's right. the thing. It's a... It's a it's a very uh, 
narrow game they're playing. Right. And it doesn't involve, you're right, it doesn't involve the vast majority of people. So you know, working class people don't really care if the Dow's up because they don't own any right. stocks. Yeah, well, right, exactly, because, you know, it's like, you know, the top 1% own 90% of the wealth or something right. like that. Right, right. So, yeah, you wouldn't expect it. I mean, it doesn't mean anything to me, that's for sure. Not that, but, I, not that I haven't had some investments, but, you know, not, not exactly playing the market. But you don't want it going down. I don't care how much no. or how little money you have, you don't want it going down. No, that's true. That's all I'm saying. So it's down 0.03% today. So it's down by one tick, apparently. So we mm. shall see. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, all sorts of extraneous things can move the market on any given day. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. What, what saved it? Something saved the market yesterday. I can't remember what it was. Oh, Johnson & Johnson. Apparently, Johnson & Johnson had such a good report that it saved the entire stock market for the day yesterday. See, that's the thing. It just That's what it takes. Yes, yes. You're absolutely and right. And obviously, the, you know, for a while, the, the bank failures had an influence, Yeah, as you would expect. But not, not a vast influence, which just tells you that it didn't affect rich people. Uh, well, that's... That's actually very, very true. There's no doubt about it. If it doesn't affect the rich people, then I guess it doesn't have to affect us. I, I just, I don't know, man. Money, money, money. It's all you ever hear about anymore. Is money is all that matters. That's all people care about. I understand you want to live a good life and all the rest of it. So what I would do if I want to live a good life is I would get off my ass and get a job. That's what I would. Do. What do you think? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's not really a matter of getting a job. It's a matter of which job you get. I mean, imagine yeah, I imagine trying to, to feed a family of four when you're working at a at a, a, a big box store, for example. And those mm -hmm. aren't the worst places to work. But, no, they don't have no. any money anymore. But they're you know there are there are places where a lot of people work, and you know they're advertising. You know we're paying you know fifteen dollars an hour. What can you especially these days with inflation? Right. Fifteen dollars an hour. That that's just not gonna not gonna move my. Move you very much. I'm sorry. Out where I live, there's signs out there for like uh, farmhands and stuff like that. They're paying like twenty six dollars an hour mm -hmm. starting. Well, it's those ridiculous. are jobs that nobody wants. Exactly. Right? That's the thing is, yeah, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> Truckers, right. you can make six figures as a trucker, but who the hell wants to be a trucker? And this is just one more reason why the notion of, uh, of you know kicking out all the immigrants, not letting anyone in, is a terrible idea. Because those are the people who do those like jobs, like picking crops and and working at uh, at slaughterhouses. All these jobs, which are important to the economy and the American way of life, and uh, if you don't have any immigrants, you're going to be in big trouble because 
we are getting older. It's a direct effect of uh, many decades of telling people that unless you go to college and you get a blue-collar job, then you're just some dumb, toothless hillbilly. Right. So, like, no, no one who grew up in America is going to want to be a farmhand because they're going to think everyone's going to look down on them because they're doing menial physical labor. Even if they're making more money than them doing it, it's still, you know, your job is beneath me. Well, that those kind are of thing. arduous jobs physically, too. They absolutely are. I mean, you can't do that for too long. No. But, I mean, it is, you know, if you're in, like, you know, your late teens, early 20s, you can do that all day, no problem. I mean, depending on who you are, of course. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to do that well into your 60s, but it's a great job to have when you're young, but no young person wants to do it because it's seen as failure to get a blue blue collar job, Mm -hmm. which is just stupid. And I really hope that that mindset dies very quickly. I understand. I would say one thing about the border, though. We have got to do something controlling all that fentanyl coming over the border. And that's there's no argument there. Yeah. Many, many, many people are dying. But that doesn't really have a lot to do with immigration. I mean, those are those are cartels and they're going to get in here. It doesn't it doesn't matter what you do. Those people will get in here. Well, if we can stop one, that's where they will get their drugs in here. But we can't is the problem. You know, I mean, look at look at the I mean, every year the death toll goes up and up. And and every year politicians say, you know, we're going to stop this. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it, it got so absurd that that I think it was Kellyanne Conway was supposed to stop the uh, the the drug at the drug cartels from coming in. Come on. It's it, it's just too difficult. You know, nobody wants to take it on too much money. But it's Wine. but it, you're right. It's a terrible scourge. There's no question. It's just absolutely horrible. The death rate is way up from fentanyl. Oh yeah, every year. And I really every year. It just it's disgusting. The whole thing. It, nobody wants to hold a, a great life back from anybody. I don't. Well, maybe I shouldn't say nobody. I don't want to hold anybody back from living the best life they possibly can. But we can't just let anybody wander around doing whatever the hell they want. I mean, it just. Well, we've yeah. got to. Do, because of the anger in America alone, people are so inc- – and I'm talking about both parties are just pissed off as can possibly be. That's all you ever hear. And it carries over uh, to to everyday life because people are just pissed off because being pissed off is in vogue right now. Right? I think the uh, the temperature keeps going up, yeah. I and we got really to the wish- point also where – the 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 single most pop, most common cause of death for teenagers is is gun gunshots. It is. So yep. that that just is that's insane. How but did we get to that? that point? Because we don't police anymore. Because everybody keeps talking about defund the police, and you can't. They won't let cops do their job anymore. No, nobody's afraid of the police anymore. They'll well, do whatever they want. Yeah, but I mean, also we've got like like three guns now for every person. I know. And and you know we can't we can't pass sensible legislation that almost everybody wants to see. Mm-hmm. You know, like like you know banning AR-15s. This is an example. People mm-hmm. want that. The, the, you know, it, yeah, it's great that you can have a gun for self-defense. Are you? Do you need? Do you need a gun that can shoot 150 bullets in in one minute? Says for self-defense. I don't I think so. No, you're right. AR-15s right. are a smokescreen. Most murders are committed by pistols. 
If you want to stop oh, yeah, murder, you go after pistols, not AR-15s. Oh, right. But the AR-15s are, are, are the ones that are used by serial, uh, well, by, by terrorists. Terrorists, and yeah. People who yep. kill children. Most mass shootings are committed with pistols. Mm, that's, I've, I've seen the stats. I'm, I would question that. How do you define mass shooting? Well, that's the thing, is everyone's got a d different definition of mass shooting. Right. Generally, I think what, what it usually is is when, when someone kills four or more people. Right. right well, that's exactly. the other thing, is when you say four or more people, a lot of those are gang shootings. And almost all gang shootings are done with something like a Glock. Right. So yeah. it does. In yeah. by that definition, it's almost all pistol based. Yeah, I think I think mostly, you know, what what people really would like to see is our children stop being killed. That would be good. That would be yes. really nice, and yeah. and some sensible legislation it wouldn't obviously it wouldn't cure the problem, but it would help. That's all. So I have a question for you. What gets in your brain that you go into a school and kill three nine year olds? Why would you ever want to do that? Well, I don't know what gets in someone's brain to, you know, set themselves on fire and say, I'm a bird. Yeah. You're crazy. You know, you can't really explain crazy. Yeah, but why little children? Why the hell you want to kill little babies? Because you had a crazy. rough childhood? Well, one, one reason is that you can. Yep. And that we've gotten to that point. You can do it. Oh, That's God. true. Well, people who go I'm... after very little kids, though, no amount of weapon legislation is going to stop that. Because kids can't defend themselves from anything. No, but on the other hand, you know, she did shoot like a hundred and fifty bullets in, in a you know in a minute or two. So, yeah, these are the guns, the same guns that Capone had. Remember, remember the the Tommy guns. Yeah, We've read yep. about that. We used to see yep. it in movies. This is this is the equivalent of a Tommy gun. AR-15s aren't automatic. No, I understand they're semi-automatic. Right. But they are, they can, they can, whether they're, you know, they're altered or whatever, they can fire that many bullets that oh, quickly. God, yes. yep. And I think that's, that's the big thing. And of course they will, you know, they, those bullets will tear people apart. They will just shred people into little pieces. Well, that is what don't a bullet you, does. Don't you think that it's pretty, I got to believe if you kill three nine-year-olds, Something happened to you mm. when you were that age, and you're trying to rub that out of your life. Does that make sense to you? Well, I think it's seen as a form of some kind of revenge, yeah. Yes. And most of those yep. people, so many of them, you know, wind up killing themselves, too. Yep. Or I being do. killed. So you obviously had, you don't care about anyone's life, including your own. I have a question for you about that, too, because I never did see the definitive answer to this. And not that it's important to me, but you'd think they'd report the story. Was it a man to woman or a woman to man? It was a, she was born a woman. And, and became a man. Started identifying as a man, yes. Okay, but why didn't they ever make that clear? Because everybody thought it was the other way around. Well, I don't think that it was they a really became... knew at the start. No, least. they were just reporting before they had all the facts, as usual. That's, well, that's going to happen in something like that. There's going but to be a never tremendous thirst for, in, for information. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem is, yeah, you get a thirst for information, which causes misinformation. Right. So you end yeah. up thirstier than you started. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to convince those those news sources no, God, to, no. to lay off it because they're in the business. Yep. The first person to have the story out there gets all the clicks. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and it's not only that. It's if they can make you uncomfortable, they're going to make a lot more money. I mean, they're driving us. Not, these news sources are disgusting. And, I, and pretty much all. It's not all of them, but it's pretty much all of them. They, they will do anything and say anything to make money. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're learning that in the Dominion case. Where yeah, so what, you got a news source that's willing to tell people lies because that's what people want to hear. And and I'm and I'm pretty sure they're not the only news source doing it, but in this case, that has come to light, and there's no way we can get around that one. So what are they saying now? Because I haven't paid much attention to that, because that's another case that's coming up uh, yeah. at the end of the year, right? I, I can't imagine that I'll ever go to trial. I mean, no I, mean I, I know a fair amount about, about libel laws, having been a journalist for so many years. Right. And the libel laws haven't changed. You know, that's no. the thing. Since 1964 the Times versus Sullivan case, that's, that's been the definition of, of what libel is for all those years. Nothing has changed. The funny thing is politicians have talked about, some politicians have talked about making it easier to sue people for libel. Well, those politicians may not like the result of that. <laughs> I think maybe. No, I think that they might be the first victims. So what is libelous? Is there a is there a basement for libel where, where something below that is not libel? It depends I mean, on if you're press or not. Well, yeah, I suppose that's Well, the true. thing is if if you're going to sue someone someone that's a news source perhaps or if you're um or if you're a a a public figure and you want to sue for right. libel in in all these cases it's a high bar. Because it's not enough. It's easy enough to say, you know, you libeled me, you slandered me. Yes, mm-hmm. you, they did slander you. But it's not illegal. It's not actionable just to just to just to libel someone. It where it comes in is with where the money would come in is when people people uh, hit that bar, a very high bar, which which. Definitely, you know, malice. It's malice that's important. Actual malice, yeah. yeah. Actual that only malice. applies to the press, though. Uh, it can, yeah, but but it's it's harder. Like in in the case of say Fox, for example, they they have reached that bar because what malice is basically is it's when you know what you're saying is not true, or when you have a reckless disregard for the truth, and that's kind of hard to prove. But not in this case. In this case, there's all sorts of evidence that they knew what they were saying was a lie and they became hysterical you know the the entertainers became hysterical when the news mm-hmm. department was telling people the truth but not the truth their customers wanted to hear and you know like like one, i think it was tucker carlson who said we got to stop this it's hurting the price of our stock yeah I'm, yeah that's right well it's all a business well, the yeah, price but of the stock is all that matters, really. I guess, except in this case, it could cost them. I mean, they're going to settle this case. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just they're going to be pay out a couple million dollars. They'll be fine. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a couple million. No, I a really more don't. Than that. This yeah. case is uh, this is the most the most obvious, clearest case of of malice, actual malice that that I think I've ever seen. I've seen many clear cases of actual malice that don't go anywhere, and I've seen some that go mm-hmm. into the tens of millions. It but really all is, depends on jurisdiction, but, really. But but it also depends on whether there's there's just this overwhelming evidence, which there is in this case, and which there is very rarely is, where you've got people saying, 
we don't want you to tell the truth. We want you to lie. And that's, that, that is actionable. Well, that's the news business now. All they do is lie. Both, oh, I should say all sides. That's all they do is lie. Well, it's like when a news organization edits a clip to make the speaker sound like they're saying something else. Mm. It's not physically possible to do that without actual malice, but they never get in trouble for it. It just, it depends on jurisdiction, you know, depending on if the person libeled wants to go after them. Mm-hmm. It depends on so many different things. Yeah, but there, there's there's a reason this case is, is moving on, and there's a reason judges have thrown out all the attempts to abort right. the case. This is a big deal. Well, I'd like to know why it is then I shouldn't sue every news organization <laughs> in the state of Minnesota. Well, I mean... They lied about me for 30 years. Yeah, but you can't there's prove no- it. Oh, I can prove every bit of it. Well, yeah, it isn't a question of whether they lied. It's a question of whether they knew they were lying. Yep. It's virtually well, impossible to prove that someone knows that they're lying. Usually it yeah, is. Right. And that bar is set that high for a reason. Right. Well, that's why there's never been a case like this Dominion case before. This is a you know, this is a landmark case. And basically when, when the uh, Times versus Sullivan case went to the Supreme Court, and they defined what's actionable, you know, malice. Everyone thought, well, okay, well, then, you know, we'll, we'll never have to worry. But so no, but this thing is just so extreme. I don't pay any attention to that kind of stuff. So so Dominion is the, the joint that owned all the machines, is that correct? Right. right. And then they said the machines were miscounting the votes? or mm-hmm. what, what did they well, actually say? Well, they said say? they were rigged, essentially. Yeah. That they were changing votes in the machine. Which Why was, would they say that? Well, be, because people wanted to hear it. But it is true that votes get changed not by the machines, right. but by people every election. And they always have, going all the way back to the very beginning. People have always cheated on, in the voting booth. Always. Well, yeah, but... This you know, is different, I understand. But this is this is just way different. Yeah, It is. Yeah. You're, because you're saying these machines were rigged. And, you know, and of course, then you started hearing all the bizarre theories like it was, you know, it was Hugo Chavez who was behind it, <laughs> who's been dead for 15 years. Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is just, this is just a lot of weird stuff. This did not have to happen. You could lie about this stuff all day and not get sued for it. I know. I agree with you 100%. If they, if they did what they did, and it sounds like you guys are convinced that they did, then they should get their ass handed to them because they should have been smarter than that. Well, and the interesting thing, you know, is that for, for all the criticism that Fox will get, it, it turns out that their, their news department really was doing a pretty good job. I mean, when they called the race and created the first wave Arizona? of hysteria, yeah, Arizona, yeah. you yeah. know, it was like, you know, oh, my God, the listeners were bailing out. They were all going to, you know, well, you know, like One America News, Newsmax, that, and that's that's where the entertainers got really hysterical. Oh yeah, and and of course the problem with that was they were right. Do you think just, news sources should be required to operate as nonprofits? I think that would solve a lot of the issue. Well, you know, the, the problem is there are nonprofits and there are nonprofits. That's true. Yeah, if I pay myself fifty million dollars, then there's no profit being right, made because exactly. I'm taking it all. Yeah. I think they should be regulated very heavily in terms of how much money that they can take in. Mm. I think that would solve a lot of issues because that's the problem is every news source operates for maximum profit. Well, you know, it, of course, it, it never was that way. But in the case of the hedge funds, yes. 
But then again, they've destroyed the newspapers yep. in order to feed themselves. Sure have. Um, but it's not so much true of the of the the, the big three are operate a little differently. Yeah, they operate as uh, corporations in and of themselves. They're mega corporations. They're media conglomerates. And they also they also have this old fashioned belief that if you do a great job of reporting the news, you know, you'll do better in the long run. But see, the long run doesn't exist for 99% of all the newspapers. Yeah, that's very true. Well, you know, broadcast TV, radio, all that stuff, it's going to abs- it's, everything's going to change even more than it already has. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. And all these, all these you know, little newspapers are dying. Um, yep. What about South St. Paul, Jimmy? Hey. <laughs> Jimmy's in. Do you have a newspaper in Hi, South St. Paul? Uh, we don't. The South St. Paul Reporter. That folded up uh, in the 1870s, I think. Oh, no, well. <laughs> oh, it's, I don't remember when the reporter... <laughs> Does anyone it, cover the news in South St. Paul? Uh, news as to, like, what's happening in South St. Paul? Yeah. We have, you know, the patch is... is uh, Okay, that's, that's the AOL thing, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't know. There's that that goes around, and then we have a, a um, another one called... Uh, that's actually still printing papers... The Voice. Oh, okay. Um, it's the uh, and it's the South St. Paul Voice or the St. Paul Voice, and they they report uh, on the local things. It's a monthly rag, so yeah, you know they try to stay ahead of the game and get stuff out before it's out or before things happen. You know, you know, and so many newspapers have, have even in in large suburbs have folded, and now you're getting a community efforts to report the news. Like in Eden Prairie is a great example. You you know you would think Eden Prairie would have its own newspaper, right? Right. Because they must have what about a hundred thousand people living in Eden Prairie. Yeah, that's about right, I would guess. I don't know what they have. Let's see, sixty-three thousand. Sixty-three thousand. Oh, really? That's all? Yeah. I would have yeah. thought it was more, but that's a lot. And and you know they have a thriving community there with its, uh, you know, and and it's not like just like it's the. It's not like a copy of other suburbs. They have their own issues, their own problems, their own successes, and but no newspapers. So now a bunch of citizens have just said, okay, we're going to cover the news. Where that will wind up, I don't know. But, yeah. but you're seeing it all across the country now. Yeah, there's one in West St. Paul as well, uh, West St. Paul Reader, and it's a fella that created his own, mm-hmm. you know, rag right. and uh has members that uh, support him and advertisers that support him um but it's n- gone are the days of unbiased journalism and the, and the word journalist i think yeah. is is gone and it's an epithet now we're, we're not we're not we don't have we have reporters we not reporters even it's their their um citizen reporters right that that's what that's what it's all morphed into. People blogging, basically. Yeah, and and citizen reporters out on the streets with their cameras and live streaming. Mm. People are using that because they're in the front lines. That that's they're claiming that as their, you know, CBS, ABC. They're taking some of those feeds as well when they get audacious footage of fires or fights or what have you. Well, and I can't tell you how many news articles, quote unquote, news articles I've seen 
that basically consist of an introductory paragraph and then about 10 embedded tweets and then a conclusion. Well, yeah, there's yeah. A lot, just, that's just bad journalism. It is, yeah, it's awful. It's inexcusable, really, but it's becoming more and more common. What it's I just used like, to, look at what these people on Twitter are saying. What it's, I used to tell journalists, like even when I was you know, editing copy at, at the Minnesota Daily, but what I've always told journalists, and I've spoken to journalism classes, and the one thing I always say is, you, whenever you write a story, when you're finished, you can start by throwing out 90% of the quotes, okay? It's your story. Yep. It's not someone else's story. You have the right to tell the story the way it should be told. And those qu- and the quotes are always meaningless, always meaningless. Every sports story that you'll read these days, and I, I would say, you know, there are, there are certain sports reporters, just as an example, this is an example of the worst of journalism. Every single story they write will end with a meaningless quote like from a coach, mm-hmm. you know, well, we really got out there today and, uh, you know, it, it, we, it, we didn't win, but I think we'll win tomorrow, you know, and that kind of thing. It's like, no, no, don't waste my time. It, the ink doesn't need to be wasted on that kind of thing. It doesn't tell you anything. And, you know, the thing about the, thing about, uh, I, the idea that your typical journals, like, like in the Minneapolis Star Tribune, which is basically the, the biggest, most prestigious newspaper around, and it's not the paper it used to be. But I will tell you this about their reporters, who I think are not nearly aggressive enough and not willing to tell the story. But the one thing is, they live in fear, yeah. as all journalists do, of making a mistake. Yeah. No, you don't want, I mean, no journalist wants that. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) Uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant we readers don't. How did this topic start? Or I'm sorry, I'm late to the game here. No, we were just but, talking about what a fraud you are. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy. France, and you read it in a paper. Jimmy France, you know, he's like he's like one of these uh, one of these uh, hack politicians, you know, who uh, all the jobs in South St. Paul go through Jimmy. No, come on. <laughs> you think that's even a possible anymore? Probably not. To no. have that kind of. Uh, Tammany Hall type yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. It depends on where you live, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, but I in know. a city like South St. Paul, I kind of yeah, doubt yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't think so, yeah. I don't think he can do it anywhere, actually. Well, I mean, there's, somewhere there's like, too many checks and balances. and I don't know, like a Silicon Valley kind of situation. I bet there's a lot of corruption over there. Yeah. Where all the big money is, especially booms, bubbles, that sort of thing. Hmm. Anywhere there's a bubble, there's infinite corruption. <laughs> so, I don't know. Infinite. I don't know. It's uh, infinite relative it's to how int- much money we have. Well, the, th- the thing is, you know, the, the, the Tammany Hill model, um, 
you know, which was, of course, in New York, where the uh, the most powerful person, whoever he was, might have been a, he might have been the mayor, but he might have been a, a borough, uh, you know, Democratic or what would have to be Democratic in New York uh, chairman, you know, who basically basically controlled all the jobs, yeah, that kind of thing. Now, now the corruption has just gone from that to just sheer money. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason I asked about well, how this started is. Uh, this conversation on journalism was I've often said, and I don't know if I've said it on this show, that the downward spiral of the newspapers came when they allowed people to comment on stories. <laughs> well, it doesn't help. Yeah. So when they did that, that started to just make the citizen journalists feel that they had more to add to the well, and, to the and, story. And what was it that that allowed that to happen? What 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 basically made it possible for them to do that? Internet. Yeah. 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 So you got to go back to the internet if you want to talk about the uh, so we're the failure of American newspapers. We're blaming Al Gore. Al, Al Gore takes the blame for all yeah, of this, that's right? He right? If he says if he says he invented it, he gets to take the blame for all this. That's the real inconvenient. Wow, proof. that's think about that. Yeah, well, this is just another example of a pandemic that started in a laboratory. Hmm. Yeah, you think? Well, yeah. I mean, the internet basically did. It started in uh, a DARPA. Hmm. It's all good when you want it, but it's all bad. When it's hard to see the internet as something that has promoted a healthy democracy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think there's a direct correlation to that. Or for that matter, just an decline. educated, literate public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the ironic thing is uh, allowing everyone to have a voice has made it so democracy doesn't work anymore. Right. Yeah. Mm. Well, right. Yeah, because they can put everything to a halt if they want to. Yep. That's why we're getting you know books banned by by the millions in this country right now. That's that's a sign that democracy is in one hell hell of trouble. What is what's causing that, Mike? Um, you know, it it kind of I mean, it's interesting that it's mostly going on in the south where um where bigotry has always been um, you know, let's face it. Num- I'm just, I'm just reading a book about the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. Fascinating book. And uh, and it really tells the story of how ignorance and hatred have have always ruled at least parts of the country, and the Ku Klux Klan just kind of comes and goes over the years. Hey, is there anything about mental illness in that book? Do you see any touches on mental illness? Mostly just about hate. So that so you don't think that they the hateful guys found people with. With mental illnesses, that oh, absolutely, are, are same easily, things going on right now. Easily um, moved Manipulated. to a, mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, in the case of the Ku Klux Klan, it was uh, people who, who uh, the hate was was always there, and it's, I say especially in the South because people are still pissed off about not having slaves. You know. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I that just that. never goes away because when you couldn't have slaves, the whole economy of the South just went away. Yeah. Yep. And the book that you're reading. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a book. It's a great book. I can't remember the title, but it's written by Timothy Egan, who is a fantastic journalist and writer. So I have a question for you guys. The balance of hatred and racism. Mm-hmm. Why is it never evident that it's always one side that's racist and the other people can say whatever horrible thing they want, but that's not racist? Because I don't history is written that. by the victors. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, but, we're never going to hear, hear the whole story. But, There's no question. But who question are about the victors? That. Yeah, the victors are the people writing history. Yeah, it's a circular kind of thing. I mean, let me put it this way: it didn't really affect me. I, I thought it was weird, but I had two friends when I was in grade school at St. Joseph's. Um, and I only mentioned two friends because both of these friends were black, and I was not allowed to go in their houses because I was white. Mm-hmm. Was that racial hatred? Or was it just that you were an asshole? Well, that's see, that's why I'm asking you the <laughs> question. Shit. That's, that's but, but Tommy always broke shit. He can't come over here anymore. But I'll tell you, Tom, there were there were people in kids in my neighborhood who I played with whose parents wouldn't let me go in their house. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We got to stop this across the board. All sides need to stop. And it wasn't because I was white. Yeah. No, that was about religion. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Growing up in my neighborhood, nobody wanted to come into our house because my dad <laughs> would have put him to work. <laughs> or, but don't or you, you, or the, don't or you the think, meat packing business, yeah. yeah. Don't you think this will never end unless everybody stops with the hatred? Yeah. Well, which means it'll never end. Yeah. Which means it's, it'll never end. That's the, the whole thing. The capacity you can't for walk. hatred is just... It's rather high. It's, yeah, it, it, it just can never be satisfied. Makes me sad. But it is sad. You know, as as, uh, as a faithful guy, as a faith believer, I'm I'm yeah. seeing a lot more people turning to prayer and turning to spirituality right now. Well, they're not turning to the church. No, well, they are church actually. Church attendance is at an all time low. It, the, you're right. It is, and the the all-time low is transforming out because people who used to be Catholic who went to or go to Lutheran with their wives aren't finding the, the, what the, the, the message that they're looking for there, so they're back searching, so they're nomadic in their religion. Mm-hmm. And so those churches who are seeing people going away are not just going away forever. They're going to other places to find their spirituality, well, so it's being shared. I don't think that's true of the, of the masses of younger people who are not attending church. I think that they have thought about it and they've rejected it. You know, Lenny Bruce said everyday people are leaving the church and going back to God. There you go. Which and kind of conforms with what Jimmy is saying, but you know, but it, but it is a palpable fact that church attendance is diminishing rapidly, and the main reason is, you know, younger generation, generation Y and Z, and all that. Yeah, many churches aren't really churches anymore. Well, right. So it turns they're, they're, people away. Some of them are TV shows now. Yep. Yeah. Well, they're finding it right. People are finding their faith and their their spirituality needs filled other places in in the woods. Uh, uh, meditating online in their yoga class, you know, there's so many more options for it, and people are doing it individually. That the the big churches aren't, you know, the big the the big masses may not seem as full as they used to. But I, I'm seeing what's going on in the Catholic Church right now, watching it, and I am amazed uh, that that people are back turning back to to the church uh, for whatever reason. And some of that is they don't know where else to turn. You know, they're they're they don't want to feel hate anymore. They don't want to feel upset mm-hmm. about what's going on, right. and and they they feel helpless about it. But you know what? I guess I can pray about it. Where do I, you know? And they're mm-hmm. they're figuring that that out a little bit more. So, I who knows? I don't. Do you guys? Are you guys faithful people? Do you go to church? Do you, do you oh, support masses? Funny actually, my wife has a deg- I think it's a degree in it's not theology, but it's related to theology. So she was always a very religious person, but we almost never go to church anymore. And there's a, no, a number of logistical reasons. For one, out where we live, church, I think the latest uh, 
the latest one is at four o'clock in the morning or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah they uh, tried a late one that being ten a.m. and we went to that and now now they're not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know when you have a kid you got a job that sort of thing. I don't really want to wake up at six a.m. to go to church. Um, and then the other thing is just yeah there's a lot of churches that don't really. I don't know, do the job quite like they used to, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's a lot of politicizing going on. And there's a lot of politics and in that's, church and now. I, don't want, I just don't want that, any kind of politics involved. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I almost I, every church is political now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not religious anyway, but I definitely wouldn't want that. But, you know, I, I was raised with a very simple ethical um, posit in the family, which was that if you if – you, Try your best to leave the world a little better than you found it, then that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I don't, I don't need a church for that. I don't need a synagogue for that. I don't need a Bible for that. I, I have, I've read parts of, parts of both Bibles, New and Old Testament, and boy, there's a lot of hatred there. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's inevitable, right? But mm-hmm. how they got through that, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what it's measured by. So, Andy, what, what do you, you're Christian. You would say you're Lutheran, Presbyterian. I was raised Catholic. Catholic. Now it's, like, difficult to pin down. So you have all your sacraments? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yes. Were you confirmed? Wait. So you, you, you made it through confirmation? Yeah, I did. I was confirmed. I was baptized. Okay. Right. And, and you're married. And I'm married, yes. So, then so yeah, I suppose technically, yes. Now, now you've got one left. <laughs> and you cram it for the final, right? The, well, there's one left? Yeah, the, the, uh, the right of, uh, of death. Oh, yep. well, no, I haven't done that more, one. One more blessing before you Boy, that, kick you off. That sure would give me comfort. <laughs> but uh, Melissa is He's not Catholic. so She's what? She's not Catholic. Not Catholic, okay. She was always raised uh, just, I don't know, generic Protestant, I think. Hmm. Interesting. How, Tom, how about you? What, do you? what do you identify as? I was raised Roman Catholic. And I will tell you, religion out of it. I loved being a Roman Catholic because of the schools and the kids and the neighborhood and all that stuff. I grew up with with Catholics, blacks, and Jews. That's who I grew up with. I've talked about it many, many times. Mm-hmm. And I love that. To this day, I love North Minneapolis. I know it's very, very dangerous, but I still go over there once in a while. But, I, you know, I'll say this directly to Andy as far as faith is concerned. Andy, you know that I, I believe there is a God because your mother married mm. me. <laughs> There's no other explanation. Yes. <laughs> it's like Pascal's wager, but not quite. Well, I do. I guess the religion part of me is this. I do wake up every morning and I go to bed every night hoping that people will stop being so goddamn horrible to one another, destroying other people's lives with no second thought doing it. The horrible people that are out there, I really wish they would find religion or some damn thing, because they will do anything to anyone for money. It's disgusting. Yeah. Well, and of course, that permeated the religion so thoroughly. Yes. Any religion. I remember growing up, everyone was like, why can't we all just be peaceful Buddhists? Uh, (laughs) Buddhists have been murdering each other for quite some time. (laughs) And each other. It really doesn't matter what religion you belong to or not. People are going to kill each other. Yeah. Human. It's the human disease. Yeah, you really can't fix that no matter what. No, the the hatred will always be there. Yeah. That's why Mel Brooks is a genius because I can't use the words he used, but I'll, I'll clean them up. 
when the mayor of the town of Rock Ridge stands up and says, we'll take the blacks and the Chinese, but we don't want the Irish. <laughs> See, I think that... Now, and he didn't say blacks and Chinese, right. by the way. He used other words, right. but... <laughs> I thought it was one of the funniest things. I laughed so damn hard at that I had to get out of the, we, the theater. You, we don't want the Irish. See, <laughs> where, where did we go off the rails? Why with, did we stop hating the Irish? No, it, 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 all of those things I think were in fun. They weren't in, in I mean, you weren't seeing a rash of, you know, the the hurtfulness to the people obviously people were assimilating and people were coming to our country and we were going to their countries and you know and, but that stuff was considered well that's the great entertainment thing. by both sides great the great yep. thing about catholicism you know is that the the people who are going to church are basically decent people it's just the priests who are criminals <laughs> well that could happen you know yeah. what have you been watching city on the hill that show from boston that's exactly what it's about well, yeah, Boston, of course, was, as we all know, I, I did see Spotlight. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Whew. Yeah. Well, you have those, you, you'll, you have those uh, documentaries, right, that are, expo is that what that is, the show you're talking about, Something on the Hill? I haven't seen no, it's a, uh, it's a drama starring Kevin Bacon, and he is brilliant in it. It, he's really good in it. And well, everybody, not, Joe and, Hennessy's in it. And obviously, I mean, I, I, I've known priests, and most of them are, of course, they're decent people. Mm -hmm. But they they have allowed so much corruption and you know within the church that it's it's kind of maybe it's maybe it has affected attendance to some. Well, it's too big. I think so yeah, yep, whenever an organization so. gets that big, you can't yeah. stop corruption. Well, it's power corrupts yeah. absolute. Power corrupts absolutely, and the mm -hmm. Catholic Church had a lot of power for a very well, long time. Well, absolutely, and they they held on to it with a tight grip. Yep. They should have had, like, a split kind of situation. I think maybe, you know, just 150 years or 200 years would have been enough of the Inquisition. But nobody expects the Inquisition. Mm. The Spanish <laughs> Inquisition. <Yep. laughs> Another a... brilliant show. Monty yeah. Python. <laughs> love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, talk about journalism as we were doing before. I mean, <laughs> Sorry to derail is, it with religion. Spotlight is, a, <laughs> Spotlight is a great example of what great journalism can do. And, you know, I'm just not, I'm not confident we're going to have much of that in the future. No. No, definitely not. Everything's distributed now. You get all your information. We had a guest on recently. I forget who it was, but they were talking about how, like, kids are getting their news from TikTok and how great yeah. that was. And oh, it's like, geez. that's, I think it's the worst thing in the oh. entire world. Yeah. Uh, it's horrible. No, What's... TikTok is is the absolute worst. Although Instagram, you know, now that's that's uh, no, a good no. news source. No, there. the the absolute worst is uh, the makers of Xbox, Microsoft. Microsoft. You don't that, like Microsoft? That is the absolute worst. That are they, is. Are they purveyors of news? They are uh, manipulators of news. They are they are delivering. They are a delivery source for multimedia uh, that children, adults, and you know, alike are using. So you're on it, Andy's on it as an adult with the capacities of an adult on that same platform, multi-faceted with people who are not yeah. in that same space. And they are feed, fed the same or similar messages mm -hmm. and sometimes even split messages during the same program, some to Andy, some to somebody else the, that, that fit their mm. 
profile, moves them into a different room. Yeah. So then they're 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 working on something else inside the same area, right? Yeah. Well, it's essentially what we're seeing with cable news. Yeah, that's every big corporation. Now they've realized that uh, radicalization and polarization sell. Yeah. So any big corporation, they all do it. Well, the interesting thing is that CNN now has decided they're going to go right into the middle. They're going to be totally in the middle, nonpartisan, and the result is no one's watching it. Their 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 uh, you know their numbers are just plummeting. Yeah. I don't know what the what they had in mind there. Yeah. And as somebody that knows nonpartisan, it, it it's not going to sell. <laughs> People. They're not interested in no, that. No, it might play in South St. Paul. But. No, it doesn't even play there. No. <laughs> Seriously. It, they don't. It's, yeah. it, 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 you are on a side. And if you don't, you are lying to me if you are not on a side. Yep. That's, yeah. the, that's the attitude everywhere. Well, it's hilarious. Like in the Wisconsin election for the Supreme Court, you know, there, people are, are angry. They're saying, like, you know, well, the, the, the woman who won, well, you know, she, she's, she's too partisan. She said... What she's going to do when she's when she's elected on uh, as a Supreme Court judge? Well, do we have to pretend that people who are nominated for a seat on the Supreme Court, whether it's the U.S. Supreme Court or a state Supreme Court, do we really need to pretend that they're nonpartisan? Like, like, are we going to say that the the uh, the people who who basically allowed Roe versus Wade to be repealed? I mean, everybody knew what they what their position was. They wouldn't even have been nominated if they weren't sworn one way or another to overturn Roe versus Wade. So we don't have to pretend anymore. Yeah, but isn't partisanship just ass kissing like, to get votes? Well, yes, that's a lot of it. I like pretend. Yeah, <laughs> let's just, let's just uh, elect people who have no public views, and we'll find out later. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, find right. out later. That's what I'm saying. I mean, everybody's everybody's mind is made up. That's why they spent 45, I think it was 45 million on the Supreme Court election in oh Wisconsin. Oh, my God. That's so, 45 million so stupid. Oh, and that's just uh, for starters. That's just for yep, starters. You think sure that's is. a lot? There'll and, be a hundred million one in another state mm-hmm. very soon. And can I tell you one thing that uh, just personally from this whole, from all that 45 million and, and even you just bringing it up and talking about it, it does not affect me one iota. I, I don't know how that's going to ever affect me. Yeah. So why do I care? You well, know what I mean? Well, like, I think, why, why, why is it on my feed? Why do I need to share it? Why, why do I, should I have an opinion on it? Well, the thing is, if, if one side is going to spend $20 million, then the other side is going to spend $20 million. Mm-hmm. And so then you can get lies from both sides. And yeah, then, well, that's and what then, we you do. Know, yeah. I, the best case you can make for it is that the lies cancel each other out. I'll tell you what. I'll run for Minnesota Supreme Court if you give me $5 million. How's that sound? I'll, there you go. I'll do I it for that, four. I think what you four. just did is illegal. You can't do that. It's illegal three to say and, that. Three and a half. Final <laughs> offer. To actually say it, you can do it. You just can't yeah, exactly. say that you're, you're doing to, it. Yeah, acknowledge that it's happening. Exactly. Okay, I have a question for, for everybody. Uh, because they talked about the people have their ideas and they're locked in and blah, blah, blah. What happened to me in the fact that I was raised in a Democrat house? My mother loved the Democratic Party. Um, so, like, JFK in our house was a very big deal, not only because he was a Democrat, but because he was a Catholic. That was a huge thing when I was... Those, you know, you know you those gotta, were like, the good old days when people said a Catholic would never be elected president. Mm. Yeah, exactly. What <laughs> happened to this country? <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. Okay, so basically I move on in life, and then I, they, 
th- that side starts doing some really bizarre things and blah, blah, blah. I had never been a Republican, so I figured, well, you know, I'll give that a whirl for a while, which I did for a few years. And then I found out I didn't like all of everything they were doing either. Now, look, to be clear, I like some of the things the Democrats did. I like some of the things the Republicans did, mm-hmm. but I didn't like all of either party. I don't understand how anybody can embrace totally one party i how can you even do that it's fast simple and easy it's the mcdonald's of politics well that's true if you just vote one side all the time you don't have to think too hard well and and the thing is there's a fairly large chasm between the parties yeah, so it's true. very little sides, and it's good on both sides. Well, yeah, but yeah, what but I'm it, saying is, but, there's good and bad on both sides. Right, but but there was a time when the whole idea of two party politics was that yep. to get elected, you had to form a coalition. Mm-hmm. Those days are gone. There are no coalitions, and so it's it's you know the days are gone when you can say, well, I like a little of these guys, yeah. a little of those guys. No, it's not going to happen with this huge chasm. Well, it's like let's say hypothetically that I want. To build the wall on the southern border, but I also want universal health care. Mm-hmm. Who do right. I vote for? What do I do? Mm-hmm. I can't get yeah. both, no matter what. There is no nope. one out there nope. who is willing to do both, so I have to choose one of my beliefs and just go with that, or and, none of and, them. And by the way, the first the first people in this country to propose, aggressively propose, a wall to keep people out of the country, the KKK. Well, yeah, those guys so got nothing to accomplish. Where was that? Well, that was back in the 1920s. 20s to keep them out of the United yeah. States? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. It went way back. Gelfin, you better tear down that fence around your house. <laughs> hey, fences that make good neighbors, down. though. Mm-hmm. I've learned that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, you I guys bet. stay yeah, on your really side. Good. We'll have our party over here, and you well, there is kind Nazi of a Nazi dog on your side, and we'll. There's kind of a theoretical fence between my house and my neighbors. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Theoretical. Theoretical. It's like a wolf territory kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once everyone... it starts smelling wrong, you turn back. <laughs> Everybody knows where they stand. Mm-hmm. And we are back with stretches picks. Who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. I don't know. I, doesn't a lot of this have to do with personal, the, the things you've dealt with personally, mm-hmm. um, people disparaging you and attacking? Look, my voiceover career was destroyed by one of the political parties, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say which one. Why did they have to do that to me? Because they could. Yeah, but why? Why would you do that? Now that's, because they yeah, could. And that's, Power is all it is. That's God. the culture in which we live. Yep. It's disgusting. No, it, I mean, it didn't yeah. have to be this way, but the politicians and the money made it this way. Mm-hmm. No, I no, you're absolutely right. But why did I have to pay the price for it? That's what I don't understand. Well, there'd be a lot of victims when it comes to that sort of thing. That's exactly what I'm saying. I, I to this day, I look. I'm always going to be fine. I'm going to make out. I've been very, very lucky in my career. So it's not. I'm a victim. Oh, poor me. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is, why do you want to go out? I would never do to other people what some people have done to me. I'd never even think of doing that because I I love my family. 
and they probably have a family. I'm not going to harm their entire family because I disagree with them. Yeah. yeah, That's the part that drives me nuts. Well, you know, on, on a personal level as well as a political level, macro mm-hmm. and micro, there are a lot of people who are swallowing poison in hopes it kills the people they hate. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I don't really hate anybody. I mean, there's some people I don't like, but yeah. I'm not going to waste my feelings yeah. on hating anybody. It's a waste of time. It is. And you know what else is a waste of time? Screaming at them in the car because they're in your way during traffic. <laughs> that is a complete waste of time. They That's can't even hear you. It. Nope. I just set cruise control and then I don't have to worry about it. And the music. Or listen to uh, listen to the podcast. Yeah, listen to the uh, Tom Bernard podcast. At That's right. Dot com. Dude, that's that's sounding awesome. And I'm and I'm grateful to the state of Minnesota, which has decreed that I can never drive on a highway. Oh, they have. I like it. Yeah, Yeah, it was just a result of my vision test. It's the ultimate excuse. Sorry, can't go on the highway. But I haven't driven on highways in a long time. (laughs) No, wait a second. What about your hearing test? Because uh, Jimmy was just about to plug my morning show, and you covered him right (laughs) up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, again. it's the easiest I'm thing. I'm hurting myself that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Gelfin. What the hell are you doing? Well, it's typical of my people to hurt themselves. Your, Your people. people. Exactly. Your people. Passover, right? It was just yesterday. Yeah, I know. Was it? A friend, of mine, Started, a friend yeah. of mine called me yesterday. He was a Gentile and said, well, you know, happy Passover. Yeah, and not I said, really. I said, first of all, we don't say happy Passover. No. Second, I had no idea it's Passover. What Six did you say? last night. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Tom. No, no big deal. But are you asking him a question about what 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 do you say? And people keep asking say, me about Passover, like what's that all about? You know, and it's it's look, it's become a cliche, but it's like all the other Jewish holidays, right? They were after us. They had all the ammunition. We beat them anyway. Let's eat. <laughs> Gelfand, we need more of Kinky Friedman and the Texas Jew Boys, don't you think? Well, I think where Kinky went bad was when he tried to get into politics. Yeah, he did. Didn't he? Yeah, that That's didn't right. Work out I forgot too well about for that. I love the line Baruch Atah yes. Adonai. What's the matter with you, boy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that was uh, that was a classic and something many people have experienced. I love man. You know my dad. My dad never had a bar mitzvah. He, his, my grandmother was very religious. Oh, okay. Yeah, my grandma. They, they of course, you know, grew up. My dad grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And there was not a large Jewish community there then or now, and uh, but my dad, uh, my dad never had a bar mitzvah, and, and um, I, I never really knew much about that. But it was among the many things I talked about with my dad in the years that he had dementia. You right. know, I, I had a last chance to find out things, and my dad would never have talked about it. So, but he opened up this time. He said, "Well, he said I was going to have a bar mitzvah." But I got into a huge fight with the rabbi, so he didn't. Mm. And I thought, that's my dad. Yeah, you know? it is. And, and secondly, let's face it, I'm my dad. So, but I was really yeah. proud of him for, you know, for <laughs> basically standing up for whatever it was he stood up for. Of course, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you piss off the rabbi, you got nowhere to go because there's one the rabbi. rabbi, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Tulsa's not a big Jewish community. There's a, how did they end up in Tulsa anyway? Uh, the oil company, the oil business. Oh, did you ever okay. work with Judy Dibble, Tom? Yep, I absolutely did She's at WDGY. WDGY. She she used to see was one of my mentors growing up. She used to sing uh, karaoke, or she's not karaoke. She used to sing in a band, but when we do karaoke, she would do this living on Tulsa time. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. So every time you guys talk about Tulsa here, I think about that song. I think about 24 hours from Tulsa. 24 hours in Tulsa. And there's I a think Burt about Bacharach song, as I recall, but it was Ooh. sung by yeah. Gene Pitney. Bacharach yes, was a great uh, writer, prolific oh, yeah. writer of music and, and songs. Man. Too much Dionne Warwick, though. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can go too far with Dionne Warwick. I mean, for really? Certain, well, for certain songs, yes. But huh? not for every. I mean, she must have recorded like 30 of his songs. Well, she should have never recorded Kick Out the Jam's Mother Effer. It was a mistake. Big you know. mistake. Hurt her image. In the title. <laughs> really hurt her. Who, who was that again? Oh, it was MC5, right? That actually, Motor City 5 yeah, actually did that I think song. I think you're right, yeah. <laughs> nice name for a song. You're going to get a lot of jukebox play with that one. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I don't know. Can, here's what I would like to do. Why doesn't the whole world get a podcast and you, you can sit on it? We have four guys sitting here came from very different backgrounds. Even Andy and I came from completely different. I, Andy's background and my background are 180 degrees apart. Yeah, because well, that's true. You know, yeah, it's true of me and my dad. Yeah, You and your dad. One, uh, but, one of us even came in late. <laughs> yeah, one of us showed up 45 minutes late. But, you know, again, but I, I just wish people would open up and talk to one another. I can accept Democratic theory. I can accept Republican theory. Yeah. Stand in the middle a little bit. Can't we just eat, get away from hating? With, it's not good for you to hate people, no. by the way. Not at all. We, we can't even talk anymore. No. Why? Because they text. It's easier to text. Well, they don't. No, it's, it's, just, it's polarization. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. there's, there's but they so make much money. They're using us to make money. Mm-hmm. And we're yeah. the ones who are suffering the misery of Well, it. to make money and to make power. Yeah. Yep. Well, that power and money. Well, one I, makes I the other. Yeah. And all we're trying to do is make some money so that we can get to a point where we don't have to deal with any of it anymore mm-hmm. and just be yep. do our own thing. But... And unplug from it, right? But that's you gotta you gotta deal with it while you're there. And the mm-hmm. phone, the internet, the Xbox, the Microsoft, the, all of those things are enhancements of that process. Yeah. You know, so we get hooked. It's, hard, it's pretty hard not to. We were in a meeting this morning, and a guy stood up. There's 40 guys in a room, and he said, "Let me ask something. Anybody here have a coin?" I have not carried a coin in I don't even know how long. And it was a group of old guys. Yeah. Ooh. Not, not one of us had a coin. Wow. Really? What will happen if you have to one make a pretended, phone call? One pretended he had a coin and he stood up like he did, but he never perf- perf- you know, showed the coin. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I, it just goes to that my, my thing that we're... <sighs> so you're saying people should carry more money around? Carry? I don't know. Uh, the digital banking. I mean, we're going to be uh, connected to this stuff for a long time. I wish it was like my neighbor at the cabin, Mr. Jack, who I think lives on about two hundred and twenty dollars a month in cash that he uh, has to pay his obligations, and everything else is just all paid out. All paid. Just do his thing. Works God. as much as he needs. The fo- the cell phone will ring. We have we put money on it because we want to talk to the guy. Yeah, you know, otherwise he wouldn't even put put uh, minutes on his phone. You know, he's that you kind know, of living t- like that. I'd like to live like that. Mm-hmm. Off the grid, you're saying? Totally. Off the grid? Not totally, but pretty right. pretty good. Yeah, at least at I, the edge of it. I love life in that the coincidences that pop up because one just did just now because just last night. There's a show, it's a Canadian show called Corner Gas. It's really funny. 
If you've never seen Corner Gas, go. It's on Prime Video. Oh, really? Great. I gotta, I gotta check that out. It's very, very funny. You gotta get used to their delivery because they're Canadians. Yeah. They're from Dog River, Canada. Can't, we can't understand a word they're saying. In a lot, in a lot of ways. What the hell is that? <laughs> but one of the great things was, and it ties in with what what, what uh, Jimmy was just talking about. In a way, I guess they go to his father, the guy who owns the gas station. They go to his father, and he's holding a penny up in the air with his pointer finger and his thumb, and he's looking at it. And his son comes by and goes, what are you doing? And his dad goes, is this coin perfectly round? I don't think so. How <laughs> 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 simple. It was wonderful. You know, it's looking at a coin. Humor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at a coin. Oh, yeah. I think you give it a whirl, but you know, give it a couple of episodes. It's totally, you know, one, one of the things that I love about it too, this is a true story. It's shot, I believe, I'm not sure. He's Brent Butt is the guy, and it's B U T T, just like Butt. Mm-hmm. Brent Butt's the guy who created the show, stars in the show, supported the show, made a movie later on, did very, very well with it. So he lives in Vancouver now, but I, I think it was filmed, I don't know where it was filmed, but it was filmed in Canada, obviously. So there, there are th- different things and different. But I'm watching it, uh, like the second episode, I think. And I said, "What the hell?" Because he's, you know, corner gas, so it's got a little, you know, convenience store inside the gas station, like most of them do now, right? Mm-hmm. I look and I go, "What is that behind him?" And I uh, waited until it got. You know, they moved the camera a little bit onto the next scene. An entire rack of old Dutch potato chips. Oh, <laughs> What? You know, I was there the day the old Dutch company went up in fire. Really? Oh, you were downtown? Downtown, yeah, because yeah. because I was wor- I was working, I believe I was working as a copy boy at the Minneapolis Tribune. Oh. Copy boy. That's that's Come how, in, copy boy. Oh, well, yeah. Run like, this in for copy me, boy. copy boy. Oh, those those were the days, yeah, yeah. And uh and but I remember that you know if you could as you know Tom you could walk by the the factory there the plant and you yep. could see the potato chips tumbling down the the uh, the line yep and uh, one of those potato chips there was a lot of grease involved yes one of those potato chips caught on fire yep and then that was it it's like a flour mills God. people don't know yeah. the flour dust in the air yeah, sure yeah one spark Ooh. the whole thing will blow up yeah. I uh, right now, funny you say that. I work by the old Dutch factory over in Roseville. Yeah, sure. And yep. it has a, a smell. Yeah, that mm. is pleasant. It's, oh, yeah, very you know, pleasant. It, right. and, and some days it all, almost smells like donuts. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's so. They got the yeah the raw do- dough sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's the cooked dough. Dough yeah. and grease. And now I'm hungry for some old Dutch potato <laughs> chips. Have you had the the ketchup flavored potato yeah. chips? No, that's a oh. big thing in Canada. And Check I them just, out. They're, oh, they're awesome. Well, yeah, because in Canada they put ketchup on them anyway. Yeah, yeah dipping sure ketchup. Do. That's the best dip. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. I Next like the ketchup. But, top the table. You know, ketchup. Belongs in a certain certain places. things. French fries, yeah, French maybe fries, tater tots. Yeah, top the tater is the best dip for all around. And I, I know they don't have it everywhere, so if you if you go down south, you have to bring it with you. But top the tater is has to be one of the best chip dip, in my opinion. I've heard of it. Look my, it up. My uh, my father-in-law <laughs> was always offended when Let's I get would, him as a sponsor for your yes your segment. My father-in-law was offended when I would put ketchup. Like on my hamburgers, or, or even on like roast beef, you know. Oh, yeah. And you know, how can you do that? You're ruining it. And I, I say, yeah, 
I know it is it is really a just it's absolutely a disgrace to put this puree of tomato onto this dead animal's flesh. <laughs> My dad would not let us put it on the plate. He oh, would only it's all messy. He, no, because it was a wasteful. You're not eating all that. Oh yeah, right. He, he didn't oh, care. There's always some residue left. Yeah, that's no, true. Yeah. No matter what you do, you put it on there. You mm-hmm. put it on the thing yep. you're gonna eat. Well, you probably in your house, you probably had Del Monte ketchup. Oh. Well, we did because my See, my uncle my uncle was a a, a, a loser for the Olympics, and so he oh. um, uh, they they were sp- sponsored or they had some affiliation ah. with Del Monte. So he uh, got we we were fans. Let's say that. Okay. Yeah. Well, Del Monte, you know, they they do some good stuff, but not ketchup. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not if you really like ketchup. Uh, theirs is a little more vinegary, I yes. think. Yeah, I like the less sweet ketchup, so hey. Well, yeah. Now, of course, they have, you know, Heinz ketchup has various degrees of sugar. 17 grams of added sugar, yeah. yeah it's, but, but it's a yeah, lot, yeah. It's quite a bit. Yeah. We, we buy the no sugar added stuff. Yeah. No, mm. I do too. It's, it's fine, yeah. Okay, we're going to run this by you because we only got two minutes left. I want to read this story, and you bet none of the three you better vomit when you hear this story. Okay. Local man puts ketchup on roast beef. (laughs) Yes, that's it. Uh, If this somehow sounds good to you, you'll uh, have to hop a quick flight to England to try it or just make one yourself. Subway England created a new Cadbury cream egg sandwich for Easter. Ooh. Sounds quite bad. Uh, Here's the deal. It's called the Cadbury cream egg submelt, and there's not much to it. It's a bunch of Cadbury eggs crushed up and melted into a six-inch loaf of Italian bread. Ooh. That sounds horrible. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's literally just like you put some Cadbury eggs in the microwave and put them on a baguette. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's their worst mistake since Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jared wasn't a good call. (laughs) But they couldn't have known. How could you I have just, known? Why would you want to eat? That sounds... And by the way, it says, Cadbury says Subway came up with the idea and approached them about it. They claim it's surprisingly delicious. Yeah, I bet. So they expected it to be awful. <laughs> they did, yes. Like, no one's going to eat this. <laughs> so it's the bread or that's the sandwich? The whole thing, that's the sandwich. It's just the sandwich, that's yeah. The, just yeah. a bunch of Cadbury eggs in bread. In bread. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I could see if you could put a pastrami on that, you yeah. know, and there's oh, that sal- salty, yeah. sweet It's almost like on. a mole kind of thing. Hmm? Yeah. How about some of that chocolate. tuna that's not really tuna? You don't know that. You mean at Subway? Well, yeah. It's just a bunch of, like, random like sea creatures. <laughs> Hey. Random sea creatures, ish. <laughs> With meat paste. It. Yeah, you know they they look white, so what yeah, could so be they wrong? They look like tuna. I actually had something similar-ish to this Cadbury ish. cream sandwich. Ish story. is the uh, emphasis ish. on the word ish. I decided to give the uh, Peeps Pepsi a try. What? What's that? It's Pepsi that's oh, flavored ish. like Peeps. You know that's the marshmallow terrible. chicks. Oh, yep. oh. Yeah. and it was extremely bad. Sounds bad. It was. I mean, I expected it to be bad, because it's like you know, you take a sugary syrup liquid, hmm. and you add more sugary marshmallow to it. It's oh like you know, it God. can't it can't not be disgustingly sweet, but it didn't really taste like Peeps and Pepsi. It tasted like sugary dirt. Mm. Sugary. Just, just dirt. take a handful Sounds of great. dirt. Put a whole lot of sugar in it and eat it. You'll get a similar taste. But wait a minute now. I know we got to get off. We got to stop. But you had COVID. 
No, that was this was that was weeks ago. I just did this. The taste, this mo- but but I after COVID for me, the taste of soda, the taste of pop, Coke, Pepsi, any of that. No, tastes soda like tastes good to me still. Dirt. I don't drink soda really? very often because yes. it's just very bad for you. But no, I've had um, that new Coke, the transformation flavored yeah. or whatever the hell they call it. Dirt. No, I think it tastes great. No, for to me, it, all of it tastes like dirt. If, just this Peeps Pepsi was it was so bad. So I don't recommend it if you want to try it. You're, you're not going to get a like unique experience. You're just going to be like, this is gross. I poured half the bottle out. I was like, I can't drink this. So, it's not worth the calories. So this Easter. Do you have any red dye number two in it? I don't know. Probably. Because Peeps does. has it red has, dye number two. It has caramel color, I believe. Whatever that is. Is red dye bad? Apparently. It's people really are all mad at red dye yeah. now. Well, that's the only place in the world that serves it, I guess, is in America. They, they don't even serve it. In, they don't use it in Europe anymore. I, whenever I wow. hear stories like that, they end up being not true. Well, look it up quickly. So do, I have, to, go. do I have to give up maraschino cherries? Oh, I, oh, I guarantee not. there's a lot of red dye you know, in those. That's what I think of when I think of red dye, too. <laughs> it's all <Yeah>. red dye. <laughs> Got to give it up. All right, we do have to go. Andy, I'm going to run down the hall for one second, then I'll be right back, and we'll get uh, get that work done and be done for the day. Okay. Actually, dokey. you'll be done for the week then. Your guys' week is over. I still have to bust my ass tomorrow. <laughs> hey, when, Good Friday. When one is on a successful podcast, the week is never over. That's right. That, oh, there you go. Always like looking that. for things that I can, that I right. can articulate. That's true. And I'll work on right, getting boys. Top the Tater uh, as a sponsor for uh, one <laughs> so of these segments. Call them up. Thank you. you I bet. appreciate that immensely. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks.